Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's uh, twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And also, don't forget to like us, to comment on us, and let us know how we're doing. Uh, you know, give us a rating on iTunes, or give us a rating anywhere you listen to this podcast. We love to get feedback, and we love to hear from our loyal listeners. Oh. And our not-so-loyal listeners. Hey, if this is your first time dropping in and you've got a thought, share it with us, too. Absolutely. First-timer, last-timer, no-timer. Yeah, talk to us. All well, maybe right. not a no-timer. Listen to us. <laughs> 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 All right. This week on More to Come, the top-selling books of 2019... And big books and big trends of 2020. But first, Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Year. So let's start the sucker off right. I mean, there's a lot of negativity out there in the world. But not here. Not here. Not for comics. Not oh my here. God! Twenty twenty is going to. If you thought twenty nineteen was a hell of a year, <laughs> wait till we hit twenty twenty. Good lord! It's is looking this... like a good year for comics. Yeah, but I mean, it's like gangbusters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. With wow, the emphasis wow. on gang. Yes. And anyway, uh, anyway. well, uh, Calvin, uh, we'll kick this off. PW. Yeah. Our Jim Milliot on January third <laughs> uh, had the, his uh, traditional story with the top selling books. I of think Jim would love to year. know we've mentioned his name. Yes, I think so come. too. And uh, a surprise, surprise, there was quite a few comics on the top uh, 20 sellers. And they tie in quite, I think, quite naturally and quite obviously uh, with the PW Person of the Year, with the Beats Person of the Year, <laughs> well, or yes. one of them, uh, certainly. And um, look, it's it's kind of all about uh, Dave Pilkey, once again, uh, but also Raina Telgemeier mm-hmm. as well. Am I leaving someone out? Well, uh, you know what? Yes, you are. You're leaving... I'm missing uh, someone. Well, you are leaving out uh, the... Uh, um, you know, he's sort of betwixt and between, but Jeff Kinney, oh, uh, wimpy kid yes, and the friendly kid, Jeff. they just never go out of there. And uh, uh, it's not on this Comics list, related, that guy, for sure. That guy, Nathan, what's his name? Nathan Strange Alien, that alien guy, That he's selling tons of books. But it's not on the top 20 of the year. But, you know, uh, the top three books of the year were Where the Crawdad Sings, then Becoming by Michelle Obama, former first lady. Mm-hmm. And right behind Michelle Obama was Dogman, For Whom the Ball Rolls. And it sold like a hundred thousand copies less than Michelle Obama. I, I mean, mean, we're talking <laughs> a huge lot. numbers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Raina coming in at number seventeen with guts, uh, selling four hundred forty-three thousand copies. These are major numbers. Yes, they are. Um, now, remember, this is the sell-through. But these books are still selling, of course. Oh, yes. Uh, at well into the new year. Um, I mean, let's uh, fetch twenty-two had a, or we were told had a five million copy first print. So, um, as mean, a matter of fact, uh, looking here on my, my brand new iPad, because my old iPad died, <laughs> on uh, this week's bestseller list, actually, the number one book is Dogman number eight, uh, which, according to this, has already sold 600,000 copies. Yeah, Can that be right? Yeah, surprise me. Damn. 
And damn, damn, damn. So Dogman number eight is Fetch 22. Right, that's right. Yeah. That's Fetch 22, yeah. So that, yeah. Well, it makes sense, Heidi. Think about it this way. Christmas. Yes. Well, absolutely. Well, yes. You know, it sold 300,000 copies the first week it went on sale. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's uh, just. Uh, I mean, this is a phenomenon. It's really a phenomenon. I mean, you have to say that the Dogman books are a phenomenon at this point. Um, yeah. And they know, all have a clever literary related title I think my question to him was you know your your titles are kind of like you got literature putting on Groucho noses with and, and glasses which he seemed to get a kick out of but uh, the brawl of the wild Fetch 22 <laughs> I know these are great for whom the bell tones Love the ball you know rolls. his next book that comes out Grime and punishment. No, uh, yes. Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, you you he, 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 you chuckle all the way to the book. So book. I mean, it's really just a phenomenon. But other publishers are taking note, and I mean, we mentioned this. I'm sure we mentioned this in the last couple of podcast listeners. So forgive me if, if I'm repeating stuff that we've said before. But um, every publisher is jumping in on this trend. Um, we really should do some drill down in depth reports on this because I'm, you know, like agents are, are, you know, desperately combing the wilds. Everybody's signing up for their book. I mean, it's a, it's a gold rush. It's a land, a land rush. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. So guys, if you're trying to find the next big thing, go on the internet. Go on the internet. Yes. Well, in, in many ways, what we're saying is the biggest trend of 2019 was, the, and really, the, the biggest trend of the last, say, three years, just for an arbitrary mm-hmm. uh, period of time, uh, has been the explosion of publishing imprints, independent publishers, yeah. dedicated lines, um, not yet announced dedicated lines, yeah. uh, deals around the category. Right. Um, well, I, I just meant that, like, if you're looking for new people just look who's got a buzz oh, for yeah. whatever because these days everybody's got a webcomic yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know in fact I wanted to call out actually one of the a recent bestseller was A Strange Planet by Nathan W. Pyle mm-hmm. and uh, you know this is a book of, of cartoons about an alien and uh, it's sold very well so it was in the top 10 um, which is you know the more traditional kind of uh, you know single panel strip that does really well. Those books are continuing to do well. Instagram comics. I mean, they're getting signed up and they're selling lots of copies. And and you know another book. It, it's not on these lists here, but it's something to bring up because it doesn't get a lot of attention, but it sells a lot of a book. And that's Dork Diaries. Oh, and it's yeah, you know, it's a huge seller. I, it's a uh, you know, it's a wimpy kid like uh, series aimed at young girls. Enormously successful. Also, comics influence. So, you know what, you guys? I just realized that I have a special treat for you because I just had an email, and by the time this, oh, it's it's embargoed, but uh, until eleven a.m. Oh, you know, I meant to bring that. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but, but Heidi, uh, we could keep this from going live until eleven. Well, there you go. So, uh, but I got Diamond's list of the top selling books. Yes, of you know that's a good point because they and uh, so yes, yeah, so their top ten graphic novels are Watchmen. They don't have numbers here, unlike yeah. our, our PWs. But uh, top ten Watchmen, Saga Volume One, Umbrella Academy Number One, uh, Monstrous Volume One, Mister Miracle, Die Volume One. That's a new book. Yeah, that's, that's kind interesting. of interesting. Batman White Knight, The Walking Dead Volume Thirty One, Batman, The Killing Joke again. 
and Batman Damned, yeah, otherwise known as mm-hmm. Batman. He, they're uh, laughing all the way to the bank over there. Yes, DC. they like the Batman. Batman Damned uh, uh, has found its audience. It has found an audience. So the top comic was Detective Comics one thousand. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. um, people like so uh, Batman. You know this this list, Diamond's list is as we've discussed here, and retailers are saying, you know, they are ordering their graphic novels not from. Diamond. So, um, you know, they're ordering, I mean, they are selling Raina. They are selling yeah. Dogman. They are selling these books because they have families coming in and parents come in looking for books for their children and they're not ordering them from Diamond. Well, you know, every year in our annual comics retailing feature, more and more of the retailers we talk to, they're actually appealing to their colleagues to pay attention to what's selling in trade book stores. They're saying, this is what's going on. This is where sales are, mm. because they, you know, they, there are issues with uh, periodical comics from time to time. Yeah. Uh, but really, the huge sellers, the way to open up your store to new customers, really. Yeah. It's yeah. And um, <laughs> we say this all the yeah, time. Yeah, we say it. We say it all the time. And uh, you know, hey, um, DC had huge success with their younger readers line. So what yeah. is they? What do they call it now? DC for young readers. What's it? Well, called? Well, <laughs> I, I don't think. I think essentially, um, was it Pam Lifford? I don't think they want. Uh, they don't want you know distinct branded names for each line. So they're basically called age specific mm. lines. So there's the DC Universe, and then there's a 13 and under or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand. I, frankly, I think they made it more confusing by getting rid of. Yeah, the they, yeah, they did. But, uh, but there you go. Uh, but I should just mention that I count just informally mm. over the last ten years somewhere around thirty new launched publishing comics uh, imprints. Excuse me, and that's ev- that's everything from you know DC's you know middle grade and young adult lines to Zoiker Press, which does these nonfiction accounts of teen problems. To Webtoon, to Street Noise Books, mm-hmm. to Harper Alley, to, you know, I mean, to, to people that are just publishing graphic novels, but, uh, and doing more of them, but don't actually have a graphic novel imprint. So, and there are more coming, folks. Right. There yes. really are. There really are. Calvin's got something he's not telling us, so he knows more. Uh, about yeah, it. yeah, I can't talk about it, but it's coming. All right. So, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it, more comics, more comics. In fact, just today, uh, they just this week. It's a pretty slow week, you know. We're just gearing up here, but uh, all these announcements. So uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, there's a Slaughterhouse Five graphic novel well, coming that's, out. I think that's pretty interesting, and it, it it's believe me, it's driving traffic like crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a beloved novel. Uh, one of the, uh, I mean, it's 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 invariably uh, included in sort of one of the great. Um, novels of the English language. Where are uh, the Snowdens of yesterday? An, an incredible hybrid science fiction anti-war novel. Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five to be a graphic novel in 2020, um, coming from Boom, mm-hmm. who also is. I mean, Boom is also. You know, they're no dummies. They they're are just getting no it dummies. Done. And um, yeah, so I, you know what? That's a smart way to jump on. Also announced just this week. Uh, guess what? A graphic novel, first time ever. Adaptation of Dune. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. by written by Brian Herbert, son of Frank, uh, with, and Kevin J. Anderson, uh, with the uh, art by Raoul Allen and Patricia Martin Martin. Uh, so, oh, yeah. can I just mention the the creative team for yes. um, Slaughterhouse Five? And that's it's going to be the writer Ryan North, the artist is Albert Montes, 
and the colorist is Richard Zaplan. Yeah, uh, Ryan North is a great choice yeah. for that. He's hilarious, and um, you know, I mean, these these both of these um, books, the team is not just. Uh, you know, oh, we'll throw someone on it. I mean, these are good, these are really good creative teams who actually will bring something to their adaptation. Um, and then also this week, uh, they announced this gigantic I.I. Smithsonian line from oh, IDW. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's quite interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, we have a story of two. Um, but really, it, it, I mean, Smithsonian has been doing some graphic novels, some one-offs. Um, they have a kind of a middle grade series. I forget the name of it, but it's kind of, uh, it kind of focuses on kids at historical events and how they got involved. So I think that'll be folded into this. But mm-hmm. this is a full-on, multi-year um, publishing collaboration wow. that will give uh, IDW editors access to the vast, you know, right. storage rooms. I mean, I suppose they look like the Indiana Jones <laughs> movie you know, of uh, the, uh, the archives of the Smithsonian, which is basically wow. the, the attic of America. And they're going to create a whole range of materials from them, both graphic novels, picture books, and other kinds and, of materials. And I mean, it's brilliant because the Smithsonian picked a publisher that can and does do kids' book, yeah. can and does adapt stuff not of their own creation. And, I mean, frankly, a hell of a lot of kids go to Smithsonian museums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, librarians are always looking for something with a trusted name on it that looks good. So, you know, I mean, I think just having the name Smithsonian on an IDW graphic novel, that's, you know, decent. Obviously, they wouldn't do it with a bad graphic novel, but it already looks pretty good. But now it says Smithsonian on it. And it's going to be an easier buy. Talk about the good housekeeping, uh, you know, seal of approval. approval. Yeah. Uh, having the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. Well, but <laughs> also, I mean, let's get real about this also that, um, uh, guess what? First Second has had huge success yes. with their line of science comics. Absolutely. For young readers. Right. And, but I mean, so yes. science comics are already something that people want. Yes, absolutely. But if you put the little Smithsonian stamp of approval on it, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it's sold in every yes. Smithsonian gift shop yes, once course. they come out. That's uh that's a pretty good thing. And you know, I think we should also mention here. I think we're, you know, we're kind of patting a lot of people on the back, but we should put pat for a second on the back too. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, also a publisher that has really had a tremendous in- impact over the last 10 years yeah, uh, abs- on what we read, oh. how we think about comics. Um really uh, what Mark Siegel has done there uh is, is really and you know impressive. he's had spinoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean Gina. That's one of the big stories of twenty twenty. Yes, exactly. Gina Gagliano. We've talked about it before with her new line of Random House graphics. Um, just yes. one of the new lines that is debuting. Um, you know, over at the beat, we took a lot of looks back uh, and forward. So we did our creator survey, uh, our annual creator survey, and uh, Gina asked. We asked what was the big mm-hmm. story of the past year and what will be the big story of the coming year. Uh, and you know, the overwhelming choice for. Uh, was the rise of kids comics and sure. you know there was uh, perhaps a topic for another podcast but also like will comics unionize there's a lot of talk about that uh, among all the unionizing and organizing yeah. going on um, we picked our people of the year for 2019 annual tradition and uh, Dave Pelkey was our person of the year and uh, he shared yeah. the title with Tom Spurgeon yes. the late Tom Spurgeon who is still so much on everybody's mind and you know uh, he was the overwhelming choice mm-hmm. Um but um, you know, I thought I, 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 the editor of this feature, and I thought it was uh, just right to also recognize Dave Pelkey for 
for his uh, contributions to the year, <laughs> sales-wise. Um, and, you know, we had, uh, as I read, I asked people to pick their book of the decade or creator of the decade, and there was only one, and that was Raina Telgemeier. Yeah, so yeah, we named choice. Raina as the comic book industry mm-hmm. person of the decade. And you go, girl. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this got shared on um, – Social media on Facebook. It got shared like a billion times. Yeah. And, uh, it's our top post of the week of the year. I mean, so Raina's a string of books for the, 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 you know, um, Smile, her first, mm-hmm. her first standalone graphic novel that she wrote and drew came out in February of 2010. Uh-huh. And nothing was the same. Uh, yeah, although it yeah. took about, uh, some people were commenting how it took about two years for that book to catch on. And, um. That's true. Although, you know, uh, Babysitter's Club had really vaulted Babysitter's her. Babysitter's Club had vaulted her. Well, I wrote a, you know, I did a little retrospective of Raina's career and, you know, having, remembering her as the mini comics toting young apprentice that, you know, she was when we first met her. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, her earliest work really was so personable and oh, so yeah. insightful and so charming. And I, I mean, you know, it was easy to see. Yeah. And, but also, Calvin. Well, we I remember lo- the mini comics. I mean, that's what's so exciting about what I mean, we know it when she was yeah. sitting behind a little table with mini yes. comics. And now, I mean, she's selling books all over the world. Yeah. And I speaking mean, really in front of 6,000 people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this was part of the first, the first gold rush for comics. You know, it was a tail end of it, you know. But hey, listen, mm-hmm. also, Big props to David Saylor at Scholastic. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, definitely first, second, Mark Siegel wow. and, uh, you know, Callista and, uh, yeah. Gina. The, the, what an incredible platform he yes. has put together. Because they also publish Dave Pilkey. They publish Dave Pilkey. They publish, oh, I can never say Karashka. Um, Jarrett Karashka. Oh, yes, yes. Hey. Whose book, uh, was big last mm-hmm. year and who was also a, an amazing selling author. Mm-hmm. Their nose for talent's amazing. It's just incredible. Up and down that lineup uh is one best selling author after another. Um Yeah. And um yeah so Kabuishi, uh Kazu. Kazu. Oh yeah, yeah Amulet. Amulet. Yes. Amulet. I mean a little also, bit, you know, I mean, kind of a just, anticipation it, it, for it, the final book. But it's uh, like the Motown like hit machine of of young graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So we really are heading heading into something of a gold rush era uh certainly for trade book publishing in this category um it's interesting i've had multiple people comics professionals come to me worried about are there enough editors mm, yeah i've heard this as to well to do this i've heard this um, as well i think well you know probably not but i mean well, it's not like there are other own. badly edited books in book publishing well, i'm I, sure I, there'll be some i, I mean frankly, but the market will correct it eventually well it's not even that it's that the publishing industry only creates as many editors as there are spaces for, but there are no shortage of young up-and-comers who would love to be editors. Just give them a couple years to mature into it, and you will not have any trouble finding enough comic editors. Well, I guarantee it. Mm, yes and no. I'll say this. It takes a certain amount of maturity to be a good editor. Well, yeah, but what I mean is you have they're not ready yet. Yes. But what I'm saying is that once the spots are there... The pipeline will widen. Agreed, agreed. And 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 so, however, I I actually agree with this um, this uh, you know uh, dubiosity, whatever. What's the word? Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. This, these apprehension. doubts. These apprehension <laughs> about this gold rush because um, Calvin and I have both seen some yeah. pretty bad 
editing jobs yeah. out there. And, um, there yeah, and we're growing pain. And yeah. we've also seen other sort of gold rush periods, but we, 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 we've never had it when there's an infrastructure waiting for the comics yes. the way there is now. Both shelf space, media, trade media, um, uh, consumer media that's actually enthused, excited, and kind of knows what's coming. They right. understand that this is a book of comics. It's mm-hmm. a book. Right. It just is a visual sy- syntax. So it, it, it's a little different now. It is now. a book-sized comic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in other periods, this thing has come off of the assembly line, and there's a lot of people standing around scratching their head in the trade. Yeah. Who did not quite, you know, both uh, salespeople, uh, distributors, and even booksellers that didn't quite know what to do with it. But we're not in that situation anymore. This is not to say that there isn't more work to do to to move this category throughout the culture, but really, as far as the consumer media is concerned, and as the, the professional book publishing mm-hmm. world is concerned, they're you know, they're on board, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And the yeah. librarians, yes. let's oh, not so leave out you the literally you literally read my mind for my next segue because we have also down here uh, that Yalsa, the oh, uh, youth yeah. uh, libraries. I don't know what it stands for. The Young uh, Adult Library Services Association. Oh, God, I'm so close. Anyway, every, every year they put out their great graphic novels for teens list, and it's out now it's a great list and it's always it's a great list yes, yes. and uh so uh now, it's it, a big list but they do a top 10 they do a top 10 and uh i don't because there's, there's like a hundred books yes on they the have over a hundred books on there's there. a long list and the short list yeah readers the long list is way too long for us yeah but uh yeah. the top 10 is here i believe where's oh here we go top 10 um and there's a couple of the top hit that I didn't even know about. I know, about. me too. Uh, Bloom by yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know anything about now, this book. Uh, published by First Second. And <laughs> well, the drawing looks fabulous. Uh, Cosmo Nights by Hannah Templer. She was a yeah. guest on the podcast. Uh, I Was Their American Dream uh, mm-hmm. by Malaka Garib. Uh, Kiss Number no. 8 yeah, by the, Colleen Venable sure. and Alan Crenshaw. Uh, Lordian Keeps Breaking the Up With Me book. by Mariko Tamaki and uh, Rosemary Villar O'Connell. Life of Frederick Douglass yeah. by David Walker and Damon Smythe. Pumpkinheads by Rainbow yeah. Rowell and Faith Aaron Hicks. Another first, second book. There's yeah, about there five of them on here. Simon and Louise by Max Deradigas, published by Conundrum book. Press. Uh, he is an awesome yeah. European cartoonist, yeah. actually. Yes, and who, and they published, Conundrum does other yes. books by him. Yes, yeah. Yeah. they called us Enemy by George yes, Desai and Justin course. Eisen. Yes. Becker and Witch Hat Atelier. Uh, I don't know that one, but yeah, it's a manga title. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I will say. So here's just to, to follow up on what we were just talking about. I'm noticing on this library list, and they do this in bibliographies. This is the bibliographical way of doing it. But you know, when it says, um, for instance, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me by. Mariko Tamaki and then it says art by Rosemary Valero O'Connell and you know I would always change it to by Mariko Tamaki and Rosemary and Rosemary I would never say art by because it always has this kind of like oh it's like a illustrated book you know yeah because they're using the same format they would use to describe a picture book yes whereas in fact in comics the artist's role is much it is and I I just that so just to to, to throw in here it's like there's still these kind of little uh, blips little blips or these little you know customs that they have that I hope are um, uh, you that's know, true. Artifacts. But I think I think you also have people who want to know who is doing the art. <laughs> I mean, I do think that's a that's sure that's a initiative. Right. I mean, there have been times like, for example, you want to know if your Michael Avon Oming book is illustrated by him 
are just written by him. There's a difference. Uh, well, a- absolutely. absolutely. And plus, mm-hmm. we see many of these authors switching roles. Yes, now, that's true. Too. So, yeah. I, I, but I, but I, yeah, even so, even but it is so. a tricky one. But it just when it says "by," yeah, I would imply. Yeah. The, then, you, if you're going to say which one's the art and which one's the writing, you should say something like script by blah, yeah, or art written by, written by blah, blah, or art written by, by blah. blah, art by blah. Yeah, I mean, this is only because you because. It's too many words to say, you know, a a a, a complex right. and nuanced uh, collaboration between these two people. Alternately, which is just what say it is. alternately just say bye and stick the two names there, and people can scroll down if they want to know who did the art. But even more importantly, I do think we have to get to the point where there there are people who leave off artists' names. Yes, that, that, entirely. That absolutely. Okay. And that's why I bring this up because yeah. it's very unfortunate. You'll see on Amazon it'll say bye blah blah. And it will leave off the artist's yeah. name, and I see. and it'll say by blah blah, and and then you have to click on it to right. see who else is so involved. So there is, and and, and they'll do that with just co-authors a, too. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge, um, you know, talk among artists uh, about the, you know the de-emphasis of artists, especially at Marvel and DC, yeah. actually. Yeah. So you know, even though it, it sounds like I'm being picky, I mean, there's there's yeah. it's it's there's more to it. You know, yeah. there's Absolutely. there's a point to and this. There's, there's I, one more issue too: I, the role of the colors. Yes, in absolutely. many cases, Colorist you've got to kind of yeah, figure yeah. when. Well, I mean. And, and a lot of this is really about, particularly for a magazine like PW on the print side, is you're, you're always constantly counting characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we need a, another name in here? Do we have to? So, well, I feel like for all we love and respect the colorists and the letterers, and they definitely deserve awards and they deserve recognition and they deserve to be on the cover, maybe the artist and the writer Come first in the list of importance. The artist yeah, and the it, writer it's together. A situation and um, uh, I have inconsistent rules. Yeah, for I mean, no, I mean, we've actually talked about this with our beat staff, mm-hmm. also how to run credits and so on. And but it, listen, people notice. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And uh, you and, know, and, you don't want to leave people will, out. Will, this will work it, itself out as this category becomes yeah, yeah. more and more. Yes, yeah. Yeah. we are. We are really at the dawn. Mm-hmm. I really do feel we're at the or the early morning. We're just at the early morning. We haven't yeah, even hit lunchtime there, yet. Yeah, there's definitely sun has definitely risen, but there's a whole lot more day to go. Yes, yes. Oh, such a long day. So this is like an yeah. uh, AI, but Steven Spielberg Monday with mommy. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. One more news note that we. Oh no, actually, before we move on from Yalsa's great graphic novels for teens list, um, you know our good friends at the GNRCT. Are put, mm-hmm. put out a call for entries for their great graphic novels oh, for, that's adults right. this is for adults. List. Adult. Yes. So that list is coming in 2021, yes. and uh, you know it's going to be oh, huge, be transformative. But uh, right, right. On the case. Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very. I think the Yalsa great graphic novels for teens list has been hugely influential yes. in the library world. Yes. And it's anticipated that this list for adults yeah. will be equally. And, and this is sort of what we were referring to when we talked a little bit about, you know, there's more work to be done. And in, and certainly in libraries, it's the adult side. And we've talked about this on the, on the podcast right. before. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the 20, the aughts, you know, if Reina was the person of the decade, the libraries were the institution oh, yeah. of the decade. Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. it was just. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, but, okay. So what, you know, one more news and story we have here. We have a whole bunch of news stories. And I just think they're all interesting and wonderful. Uh, is that Plain Janes is coming back? Yes. yes. By Cecil Castellucci and Jim Rugg. And, you know, what's really cool about that 
is that this was just ahead of its time. Uh, it came from uh, the late great Minx line. I'm sure. I don't know if we talked about Minx on this podcast. You know, I think we talked about it. Um, we may have brought it up to talk about it, but really, they were once again DC. In, in many ways, was kind of ahead of the game. Uh, the Minx, well, they were and they weren't. They yes. were and they aren't because I mean, it kind of uh, there were. It was a flawed effort. Right. But as we look back, it really was a kind of pioneering effort. Absolutely. Uh, and to, uh, it was just too far ahead of its time. Yeah. And also, um, you know, I remember that there was a lot of talk because there was mostly male uh, uh, yes, creators on the line. And uh, I remember someone told me uh, who was in marketing and they said, you know, we should really have the first book in the line be a book written by a woman, or at least with a female creator. And I, I do remember Plain Jane's was the first launch book uh, by Cecil, who sounds like a guy, but she's not. She's, mm-hmm. a, she's a delightful, amazing writer. And she was a very experienced yes. YA yes. teen girl writer, which was another criticism of the line, is that um, at least the initial list yeah. did not have very many <laughs> authors or any authors other than Cecil that were really experienced in writing for the the demographic yeah, I'm not, supposedly it was aimed at. I'm yeah. not saying they were bad books. No, no. But it was a little blinker. And I sort of almost feel like Cecil was brought on to patch up some of the gaps. Uh, yeah. But well, she was it, in the first. She was, she in the, was first. the first. She, she was, was the launch. The, but I mean, the, the first title. list that came out. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I when they were creating a list. I mean, it just seems like... Well, one of these things is not well, like the yeah. others. And, you know, I, I look, I mean, now we're, but, but we're it's still great litigating to have things. her. Yes. But the back. point is now the books are coming out. And now it was, you know, it was a very hostile landscape at that point. Like bookstores were like, we don't know where to put these books. You know, it and was, now they get and it. Now they're, they know exactly. And, and they're but, yeah, and it's interesting. Also, another interesting thing about the pack is that at when they fold, because the, the line lasted, what, about a year and a half, two oh, years? Two years, I'd say, yeah. Uh, it's my recollection that a number of uh, booksellers, particularly very progressive ones, um, uh, both in the, the trade and among uh, direct market people, actually lamented that they were giving up mm-hmm. on it so fast. Yep. I know back in the day of Rocket Ship, Alex, right. you know, Alex mm-hmm. Cox's yes. wonderful uh, comics bookstore, I remember him telling me that they sold a bunches of mm-hmm. mixed titles. Of course they did. You know, um, but they were a different kind of store. They got a different kind of market, and they really got it in there. But as I recall, DC claimed that this was just an experiment, and it wasn't supposed to last. I mean, it's hard to know what was the truth of the Well, moment. it's hard to know. But, you know, remember, DC did a lot of weird things. I remember <laughs> yeah. CMX. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Anyway. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But anyway, important. Like The thing, the cool Zuna. thing, the cool thing about <laughs> Plain Jane's coming back is that every story I read about it has a horrible typo in it that I could have made myself. But um, also, who is publishing it? Little Brown. Yes. Yeah. It, is, uh, it came out from DC, but it's yeah, being reissued. Yeah. And um, uh, they, they've, they're, I think they finished the final chapter, the, the, the yes, trilogy. Well, it's kind of a, ha- a hardcover mm-hmm. Omni yeah. verse, uh, what Omni collection, what is yeah. it called? Omni edition. And apparently, the four, the third book in the series was never published, mm-hmm. and yep. it will be published in this beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Oh if you yeah, haven't seen yeah. It yet. No, I haven't. It's seen a them beautiful yet. hardcover edition. Um, and it'll be interesting because for those who don't know, it's, you know, it's the story of teen girls who do a kind of guerrilla girls, you know, undercover art 
guerrilla art movement in their small town. Right. Um, and it's really fascinating. And after rereading it, uh, you know, I immediately thought, wow, it, this was was really a great book, really ahead of its time. It really marked Cecil as really having a Absolutely. great and, a, you know, and of course great she's just become a uh, fixture for comics now. Yes, um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, absolutely delightful. Uh, Calvin, I understand that maybe... Cecil and Jim might be. Well, that's we've on got. I'm scheduled to interview them next week, and we should talk a little about Jim Ruck too, because oh, Street yes. Angel is, yes. in its own way, was another. It's a kind of pioneering yes, and absolutely. wonderful book, hilarious book. So, yeah. So hopefully, I'm going to be uh, interviewing them next week. I've got the interview set up, and uh, so there'll be uh, more to come. On uh, more to come, uh, perhaps yeah. on this very podcast. You know, I'm going to throw in here. I I often group them in my mind, but uh, I think it speaks for both of them, like Cecil and. Also, uh, Mariko Tamaki. I mean, she oh, yeah. also, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, didn't she write, she might have done a mixed mm. book or she was in talks. She didn't, but she huh, kind of broke you know? into comics around the same time, uh, certainly with Skim and yeah. then uh, with Cousin Jillian. Um, yeah, where does Skim date from? Um, I don't know, I Calvin. You've got your Let's little. Look so, it up. so just as a little aside here, because we actually ha- have some time here, which is unusual for us. Uh, we're just getting back well, to the swing of things. Well, actually, Mariko writes the, the forward to this. Yes, uh, oh, but, but you know, uh, I have uh, my new iPad. My iPad died. It was very sad. So I, I went and got a used uh, or, you know, a refurbished iPad Air second generation. But Calvin here has the brand new iPad Air. So, just lucky, uh, But I, I have a different 2008. keyboard. So we're like so in a little competition So it was around that here. time. 2008. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. So while the... It, no, it was from Minx. Amico Superstar. That's right. Oh, that's, that's yeah. right. So, but, you know, I just want to say... Um, My Google Flu is strong. Very good. And, you know, and Kate coming along on her little uh, iPod... Very good. So anyway, classic. we are classic loving our Apple products. Well, no, it, it does have a does have a screen. No, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the reason I bring this up is to say Cecil's, uh, you know, such an institution now. But I, I just, you know, I do uh, a guest on other podcasts. I don't want you guys to be jealous. But I, earlier <laughs> this week, I was a guest on uh, Comic News Insider, Jimmy Aquino's podcast, uh-huh, sure. and well, every year I do the best of the year podcast with him. Uh, we we're joined by John Hosh, and it's up. You can listen to me talk even more on that. But, but you know, we. We were talking about um, uh, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me mm-hmm. by uh, Mariko Tamaki. Uh, she also wrote This One Summer, and she's also written a Har- that Harley Quinn, Breaking Glass, was a huge book last year. Uh, you know, she's written She-Hulk. She's written Supergirl. She's written... Yeah. Um, She's written um, Lara Croft. She's written all these award-winning books. I'm like, why is Mariko Tamaki not the greatest writer in comics? Well, well, maybe she is, she and is she's an just not getting figure. the yeah. uh, recognition she deserves. And let's remember, she's going to be launching her own imprint at Abrams. Uh Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, and I don't mean this as disrespect no, to the hottest question. writers of the of the last 10 no, years, Scott Snyder she, and Tom King. And, you know, if you write Batman, you get to be the hottest writer. That's fine. And you know what? They're both great. Yeah. Uh, Scott Snyder, No, yeah, Tom it's King. not a dig at them. It's just yeah. saying that she should be amongst their company I, in I, people's I, eyes. I'm just saying, if a dude had written all those books... And all those titles so well, they would be the new Tom well, King. I don't think so because I'll tell you why. A lot of those books are aimed at women, and so they're seen as less important. Well, you, I, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably uh, an unfortunate uh, sexist lapse, yep. mm-hmm. which happens all the time. Yep. Uh, but I think you make a good point. Yeah, exactly. And I've talked to actually. Uh, I saw Mariko. Uh, well, where was I talking to her? I might have been back in flame. 
I was talking to Mariko, I think it might have been at FlameCon, which wasn't just the other day, uh, so that was months ago, but um, we were chatting, and um, I asked her, I mean, did you ever want to write Batman, or, you know, Superman, or Spider-Man, or whatever, and she said that, I mean, she actually has been, you know, approached to do that kind of thing, but she actually is not interested in writing, um, you know, these kind of mainstream, more focused characters, so yeah, you're right, Kate, I mean, she's actually just choosing books that she likes to write about, that are an audience that's still sometimes not thought of as the main audience for comics. She but, went to woman-focused woman comics, yeah, including but, the Harley Quinn yeah, book. Which well, really I, I don't even say woman-focused. I'm just saying she likes to write books that she's interested yeah. in. Well, and, yeah. She writes know. in genres that are not genres that heavily appeal to a certain stereotyped male audience. Yes, I yeah, think no, that's, that's a fair true. I think and that's I think a fair way. Men enjoy them, but they're just seen as sure. quote unquote female genres. Yes. But anyway, I'm I'm starting, you know, I started the drum beat on this other podcast cuz we all agreed. I'm going to continue the podcast, the the drum beat here on this podcast, but you know, uh, who is the best writer in comics right now? I think he, he, Mariko Tabaki is on the the very short list. She's on it. She's on the list for sure. You know? I mean, uh, um but there's a lot of good writers working right. There right. are, but I get the top. Saying she's written two classics. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not. I don't disrespect you, but I'm just saying there's a lot of really good writers yes. right now. Yeah. Uh, she's one of them. But she just deserves acknowledgement as one of them. Yes, she um, definitely does. She absolutely uh, does. I mean, that's an interesting point that you bring up because I'm. I I, I want to get to the section where we are looking ahead because I think there's some wonderful books coming mm. in 2020. Uh, by wonderful writers. So let's do that. Let's let's switch right over to what's coming in 2020. Um, I'm really looking forward to two books in particular. Well, uh-huh. three. But I'm just going to start off one. Uh-huh. I want to overdo it. Uh, um, Adrian Talmany's The Loneliness of the Long Distance Cartoons oh. <laughs> is coming out from uh, D&Q. Gene Yang's Dragon Hoops, yes. which I've read, yes. is fabulous. Um it could also be called the education of a fan. Mm-hmm. It's a a typically, or in some cases, typical, uh, perfectly uninterested in sports cartoonist who who actually realizes he teaches this at a Catholic school that's a power basketball. There's basketball power in uh, his his uh, community, and he basically puts in a a year or more of following the team. And its characters, the, the the players, the coaches, the history, and on top of that, a history of the game itself. It's a wonderful book. And one more, very quickly. There's plenty more. Um, Big Black. Oh yeah. Coming from um, where the hell is it coming from? It's coming from Boom yet again. Um, Frank Big Black stand at Attica. Uh, this is really the graphic memoir of a prisoner turned prisoner advocate who was one of the prisoner negotiated during the four day Attica riot police massacre uh, in the 1970s. Yeah, no, that book looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, back at the beat, we have a feature called 65 of the Most Anticipated Graphic Novels cool. for Winter 2020. Uh, by Nancy Powell and Samantha Puck, and I'm not going to read all 65. I'm going to scroll through <laughs> That's it. That's a lot. Yeah. List, but they're all good. Uh, I will say coming out, uh, talk about that DC Kids line, Diana, Princess of the Amazons, yes. by Shannon Hale yes. and Dean Hale, yeah. with art by Victoria Ying. Um, looks great. You know, they are, uh, mainstays of the kids book, uh, world, and, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Wonder Woman. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of attempts to do teenage Wonder Woman, and it just never gets old. Uh, I will say but that. It often Although gets old. The, but um, sometimes it's good. 
Yeah. The um, oh god, what's the one? The the uh, it'll come to me. But go on. The strange ones by Jeremy Jusay from Gallery, uh, Gallery mm-hmm. Thirteen. They I'm are still around that. here. That's a, what I'm curious about. Uh, there is this. Uh, David Bowie biography by oh, yeah. Mike Allred. I mean, that's almost like, you know, two on the nose. Uh, but it uh, looks uh, amazing. Um, definitely going to be looking at that. A History of Women Cartoonists by Mira Fellardeau, published oh. by Mosaic Press. That one is another. Uh, Joel Christian Gill, someone we talk about quite a bit, uh, with Fights, One Boy's Triumph Over Violence. That's coming from Oni. Uh, that's a, I think he can figure out mm-hmm. what that book is about. Uh, let's see. Uh, there is, um, do, 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 uh, da, da. oh, Robin Ha. Uh, I've always really loved her work. And she has oh, a book yeah. coming out, a, a memoir, Almost American Girl, coming out from Balzer and Bray. Who are they? Yeah, Calvin? you know, I don't, don't know much about them, but I've read a chunk of this book and, and it's, uh, it's cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very- another, um, you know, young woman's memoir yeah. uh, about her culture uh, and uh, she's coming from um, South Korea, Seoul, Korea and you know talking about transform uh, coming to America. If I may just jump in for a minute. The sure. book I was trying to recall was Jill Thompson's Wonder Woman. The True oh Amazon. she did it. Yeah, that she was did. a wonderful that book. That was a good. wonderful book. it was book. about young Wonder yes. Woman. Yes. So, there, sorry, no, I'm just saying there have been yeah. several books about young Wonder Woman. It seems to be a, a they keep trying to get it right and I, I thought Jill did great but you know what Shannon and Dean yeah, I'm looking forward knock to yourself one, out. Um, you know Calvin you've got to be super excited about Jay and Jay. Yes, a new book I, by John Pham. Uh, you Ooh, love a, John Pham. I go way back with John Pham. Yes. He is one of the most talented people in comics that I don't think enough people know about. Mm-hmm, yes. So, so we'll another one. That, but um, par- Parable book. of the Sower. Oh, another yes. uh, Octavia Butler adaptation by yes. Damian Duffy and John Jennings coming from Abrams. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, uh, Andy, Andy Warner book that you passed over is, I think it's going to be very interesting too. Oh, what's that um, book? Oh, he, this, uh, Spring Rain? It's a memoir, but Andy, uh, Andy Warner was actually part of a big panel I put together about comics journalism. Oh, that's right. He does great nonfiction books. Uh, he had, I think he had another book that came out actually last year about utopian communities. He's a very talented guy. So this is our first, second book, but, uh, we love these astronauts, women on the final oh, frontier by Jim Ottaviani. And Maris Wicks, who doesn't want to read a graphic novel all about women astronauts? Uh, it's a great story. Jim uh, back on the scene. Yes. Uh, the Boy Who Became a Dragon, this Bruce oh, Lee this. biography by Jim DeBartolo. Great. That's coming from Scholastic. They actually uh, were t- telling me about this. There's a book about the Titanic. Uh, there's Shannon Wheeler has a new book called Why Did I Trust Him? I don't know what that's about. I uh, can't imagine. Doesn't sound fun. No, it doesn't. Doesn't sound fun at all. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, a new book by Cyril Pedrosa oh, from First Second yeah. uh, called The Golden Age. Uh, let's see. Medieval saga with political intrigue reminiscent of Game of Thrones. The Golden Age is epigraphic novel duology. Uh, Cyril Pedrosa is really amazing. Yes. He did that book, Portugal, that we talked about quite a bit when yes. it came out. Um, let's see. What else? Um, blum, 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 blum. Big Black Stand at Attica, of course. Oh. Yeah, I was trying oh, to find this. This is this something on that I'm interested iPod, in. I just oh, a this. new book by Annie Alessano. Yes, yeah, so I'm. You it know, looks amazing. I, you know, I'm still like loving Dead Dead Demon, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, he <laughs> is really great. Um, let's see, ah, a new book by Lucy Nicely. Yes. Go to sleep. I love you. Um, what is that about? Well, you know, we're we're tracking her marriage, her parenthood. Uh, all of that. Um, a new we can't pass Gabriel Bell. No, she you is know, also. Um, I just think. She isn't hailed enough. Oh, no. You're right. She is not. She's not uh, 
honored and supported enough. Her and, books are extraordinary. And her new book is called Inappropriate. Yes. Um, so the picture has a man, wa- a dog walking a man. Uh, well, <laughs> yes. all right. Let's see what else we have. Oh, I'm yeah, excited about yeah. this. I'm looking Glass to Town it. from Abrams by Isabel Greenberg. Uh, it's a book about the Brontes. It's a biography of them and their secret world that they created. Mm-hmm. And I love Isabel Greenberg. She's uh, yeah. the Encyclopedia of Early and, Earth. Yes. And to give you some background, listeners, um, this is not something just made up for this graphic novels, like a metaphor mm-hmm. or something. The Bronte children, including their brother, had this like shared world mm-hmm. that they wrote many stories in as small children and teenagers and they're they're literally little books they're only like a few inches tall and it's really quite remarkable yeah, yeah. and uh isabel uh i mean greenberg really excels at discovering fantastic worlds so i feel like i'm i'm very excited to see that book because the book is based around these the yeah. imaginary yes. worlds, worlds that they had yes. created yes. together mm-hmm. i know this book's been going around have you read this one yet Calvin? blossoms and bones by kim Kranz from I've harper s- i've seen it around but i have not all right well i mean i really feel like if the brontes had been born mm. two centuries later they would have been taking over the fantasy world huh. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and you maybe not been so sickly. Maybe they would have like you know lived longer and moved into that. Well, or... you know, we have tuberculosis medication now. So yeah, it's very sad. They all died quite young. Um, hey, a new Michael DeForge is coming, called Familiar Face. Uh, he's quite um, prolific. Let's see, The Fire Never Goes Out, a memoir and pictures by Noelle Stevenson. Oh. Wow. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this is kind of a. Back. Well, this is kind of a collection. Well, she didn't go anywhere. Uh, well, yeah, she's been doing <laughs> Shira. She so this is not like all new comics. It's, it's more of a uh-huh. collection of the comics that she ran on Tumblr and some of her autobiographical and shorter ones. Uh, but that's coming from Harper Teen in March. But uh, you know that book's going to get a ton of uh, coverage. Uh, let me see. Oh, the Book of Forks, the finale to Rob Davis's oh, trilogy. Yeah. Oh. That's coming from Self Made Hero. Uh, let's see. This is an incredible list that you've got. Just, yeah, right I, I know. My people do a good job. So, uh, no Marvel and DC on it either. There that's is. There is. You well, just passed one. I know, but it's, that's a reprint of their old, of, uh, old comics. Yeah, but it's on the list. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's a reprint of old Joker shit. So, <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hell's Paradise, Jigo Kuraka. Yeah. Great cover. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, a new book by Kevin Much, The Rough Pearl. I don't know what that's about. It appears to have a man menaced by eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, this looks great. I know. Uh, let's see. Random Stephen King book. Yes. Uh, whatever. No offense, Stephen King. Just- uh, let's see. Graffley's Wall by Ram V. Uh, it's yeah. coming from uh, Dark Horse. You know, Ram V is a new writer on the scene that's getting a lot of attention. Uh-huh. He's been doing some stuff for Vault. Uh, people really are into that. Um, and there hey, you go. Can That's, I throw one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just, you know, riffing on my Which my list here. So. I just found out about this today. Mm-hmm. A graphic bio, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics by Tom Scioli, <laughs> coming out from Tim's Peace Press uh, this summer. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. 
Sounds great. Uh, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm that ready. sounds fantastic. You know, I'm really excited because this is the first day I've had my new iPad, and boy, the graphics look great. Everything on these looks things. great. Oh yes. my god! Oh, one other book we should mention: Kent State by oh, uh, by, uh, by, by Durf. Right. Yeah, uh, coming out from Abram Comics. Yeah, I think so, that was a little bit. The, uh, that's going to be a huge book, right? Uh, absolutely. But I mean, you know, and this is just one list that we put together that doesn't include a lot of stuff from Marvel or DC, or to be I honest, know. Image Comics. It yeah, doesn't we, have yeah. anything from Image Comics on it. And, and Image undoubtedly has a good uh, list coming and, out. And well, they have a lot of collections. So I mean, this is you know really well, the tip of the ice. And you know, but I new yeah, that I right. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it doesn't have there. Yeah, there's tons so, of uh, there's way more to come. Yeah, there is so much more. To come, uh, we are just—you know—I got a lot of reading to do. I better catch up on my reading. I'm so far behind. But you know, now that I have my new iPad, it, all things it holds possible. so many yes. beautiful things. I'm like, <laughs> so excited. And this, the best of all, post Steve Jobs words. Yes, there you yes. go. Well, the, the last, uh, yes, his last, <laughs> um, last deeds. Um, you know, we have one other story here uh, that before we get into before, our briefs, before we get into the briefs, uh, just real quick. Um, you know, the Far Side is back. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, go Gary. there was a Far Side booth at New York Comic Con. Did any of you guys stop by not. there? No, I, I saw it, it on the last day, and I went up and I said, "Hey, what's up with this?" And they just were like, "Ah, you know." I said, "Is it coming back?" And I'm like, "Well, we don't know." And which sounds like yes to me. Yes, but uh, right. anyway, so he just just put all of his yes. classic comics up online, and he is doing some new sketches and stuff. And right. um, you know, it's fantastic. Welcome back, yeah, Gary Larson. Yeah, from I read a couple articles on the subject, and it sounds like his logic goes, well, my comics are on the internet anyway. They might as well be on my website. That's it. I think uh, that's a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took him long enough. Just but- because you don't have a website doesn't mean that your images aren't on everybody else's. That's how it works. So you might as well have <laughs> You might your as own well website. give the fans what they want. And uh, get some money for it. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, and so I guess it's time to look at the briefs. Yeah, some news briefs? Yeah, we sure do. So, first off, we have <laughs> some very surprising movie mo- news. I mean, we, <laughs> we know that graphic novels get optioned for movies all the time, but this is not something I was expecting. Um, Fun Home, <laughs> the musical based on the graphic novel, is now going to be a movie of the musical based on the graphic novel. Um, and it is going to star Jake Gyllenhaal as the protagonist's closeted Undertaker father. Should be fun. It's pretty good casting. I think it'll be pretty good. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. So. Um, well, I didn't know he could sing, but hopefully he can. Um, speaking of musicals coming to the movies, Heidi's beat got quoted. Yeah. <laughs> On the Golden Globes. Well, I was going to say... I remember the line. The success or disaster of Cats has seemingly not dissuaded people from still making musicals. Please don't. Cats was a terrible aberration. But yeah, you know, my writer, Ed Douglas, I mean, all credit to him. It was his line. Uh, But his, he went... And, you know, this tragic thing is that they had a screening and I was going to go. And then I was like, oh, I'm just too busy to go. And Ed went... 
and I, you know, I'm, and apparently they get, they knew the movie was so bad they were giving you a lot of swag at the screening. So oh, man. I, I wish I'd gone. But uh, Ed saw it. And he <laughs> came, came back and he wrote, uh, "Cats is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs." And, <laughs> and um, then it got quoted by Ricky Gervais. Yeah, well, yes. it went super viral before that. I'll be honest, it's like it was on Good Morning America, well, it was on so. the Metro, and then Ricky Gervais quoted it. Yeah, at the, the, I was watching when he did. And, uh, and <laughs> I read mean, when he said, uh, he said, "Also, one review that said," and I'm like, "Is he going to quote my review?" And our review and they said cats is the worst thing to happen to cats and dogs and I was like he did it was <laughs> so we're part of the record now but yeah there you go <laughs> um and those viral moments go it ain't yeah. bad so um oh Kate you have one more I do I do so Hozuki's Cool Headedness um a really wonderful and eccentric manga that got turned into an anime people so you can even watch it if you prefer you're Images to be moving um, is coming to an end after nine years. Um, the first four volumes are available out um, digitally from Kodansha on Amazon um, and in other forms digitally from Kodansha. Uh, I highly recommend it if you like dark workplace comedy Ooh. and or Buddhist mythology. Nice. If you, yes, it is a dark workplace comedy about Buddhist mythology. And it really works. And it's by Natsumi Yaguchi. So catch it while it's still out there. It'll be worth your time. Definitely. Um, Calvin, and you had something very important. Yeah, well, um, I just would like to uh, just make sure people know that there is going to be a New York City uh, memorial uh, for Tom Spurgeon. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, our... Well, our, our friend, our colleague, uh, uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary comics person, uh, just, you know, what, what more can you say about Tom? Uh, uh, it's going to be Friday, January 24th. I mean, there was a memorial service in Columbus, Ohio. He was, of course, the executive director of, of, uh, CXC. Uh, sexy as he, as he pronounced it to me when I interviewed him. Um, uh, and this is a, a, um, uh, you know, I guess a sequel to the memorial here for New York City. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be January 24th at the Society of Illustrators. Uh, starts at 6.30. Uh, be there or be square. Yeah. Uh, there's an event by, by page just because, uh, they like the people man. to RSVP. Yeah. Just to have a sense of the crowd. So, uh, tragically, I will not be, or sadly, I should say, I will not be able to be there because I am departing uh, that evening for Europe because I'm going to Angoulême. It's way before Angoulême, but I'm going early, but I'm really bummed that I'm... Heidi, are you going to get some interviews there? Well, well, we should talk about that off air because, you know, I'll definitely have some European comics features on uh, this great trip. I'm going with... Um, Deb Aoki and Karen Green. So uh, well, I, we might like be podcasting. Come to think of it, <laughs> we might just podcast. That's three women in a chateau. Yeah. If there, there ever I, was I, one. I think you can put a, a continental twist on oh, it there. My. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. it, well, you know, I'm sad to say I'm not going to be either because that's the weekend of midwinter ALA in Philadelphia. Oh. So I'm actually leaving to go to Philly. Oh. Uh, Thursday night. Right. So, um, um, but but there will be a great turnout. Yes, because Tom was a great man, and yes. um, um, there was no lessening of the sense of loss that yes. Tom is not. And with I guess us we should anymore. give a, a shout out to Gil Roth. Yeah, from the, absolutely. The one of his Memories one of his podcasts, who's been really organizing yeah. this. And uh, you know, I, I want to just to tie this t- 
together here at the end because um, on the beat when we had our person of the year, um, we had, um, oh, now I can't find my own story. You know, as I said, for the beat, we had two industry people of the year, uh, Tom Spurgeon and Dave Pilkey. And I always reach out to people um, to get, you know, to get a comment or get a reaction. And this is what Dave Pilkey wrote um, oh. as a reaction. Yeah. He says, it is such an honor to be named with Tom Spurgeon. Tom Spurgeon dedicated his life to bringing back the importance of comics as art here in the U- U.S., as well as being a true advocate for cartoonists. I owe a debt of gratitude to the overwhelming number of artists throughout the history of comics and the brilliant cartoonists today, like Jeff Smith, Linda Berry, Art Spiegelman, Marjane Satrapi, who continue to set the bar higher and higher. Thanks to comics, I discovered a love for reading. I'm humbled by and grateful for the art form of comics. So, it's a pretty classy statement there uh, from absolutely. Dave Pelkey. Yes, you know, um, and in our p- profile of him, he he did the same. He immediately evoked the cartoonists that came before him. That, and the medium as a key element. Well, Calvin and I, before we went on the air, were talking about his books. And, you know, listen, if you've never read one of his books, these are not little slapdash, no. you know, funny, you know, dog man fell down and then he got up stories. Yeah, these not, are, you know, dog man see dog, villain. Yeah, these villain. are like, um, you know, in the tradition of Carl Barks and John Stanley, they are dense they are thick books. They're elaborate dense stories. and elaborate and stories. Uh, that, and they're crazy. <laughs> and which is why children like them and they're so much. wildly imaginative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, let's, uh, the, the, this is not a flash in the pan. This is the real thing. So, Yeah, well, I mean, I think much as we we read Carl Barks now, uh, as adults 50 years later, um, probably there will be generations of readers still reading Dogman, even if he's not the hot new thing. Right, right. Yeah, they are classics. Well, one thing we can probably say after all this that's looking down the road, there is a lot more to come.